Guess what? We are in season seven of the Iron Woman podcast. I'm Rosalie, and I really like Crave Jerky pink flavor. Also, it's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos, no need to ask why. Just open your mouth and close your eyes. It's raining tacos, yum, 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 and yum. It's like a dream. Also, we couldn't do this without our sponsors, Wahoo Fitness, After C Nutrition, and Smash Fest Queen. And now, the ladies you've been waiting for, Alyssa Gadeski and Haley Chura. Bye for now. Alyssa, I'm good, and I think congratulations are in order. I heard through the internet that you won FKT of the year for 2018. Congratulations. Thank you. I did. I actually, I knew like a few days ahead of time, and I had to keep it a secret. It was really hard to do because I was super excited. I kind of felt like it was, I mean, there's no actual award or prize for that, for winning that, but it's pretty cool because there were some legit female FKTs that were set last year. And I actually didn't really, I didn't know how it would shake out. So I was just, I was really excited to win. Well, congratulations. And if our listeners aren't aware, maybe we have some new listeners. FKT stands for fastest known time. And you did set the fastest known time for women on Vermont's long trail, a 273 mile trail last July and it was incredibly impressive. You broke the record held by Nikki Kimball, who is a past Western States champion. And that record had been set in like 2012, right? So mm-hmm. it was something like a six-year-old record. So very prestigious. And it's one of the oldest trails in the entire United States. Look at how much I know about the long trail. You'd think I did this. I know. Record. I'm so but, proud um, of you. Such <laughs> you good knowledge. You so much. But so it was. It was a huge, huge deal. And you were the female winner. It was voted on, right, by a panel of trail ultra runners, I'm assuming. Yeah, it's like a secret panel. You don't even know who's on the panel. And so, but it is. That's, I guess, what's cool about it to me is that it becomes very objective. That's what I want, right? Because it's just voted on. I think they have kind of a ranking system, and then the points are kind of compiled, and then the winners shake out, and they do kind of a a top 10, and then. If you go to fastestknowntime.com, they have a little write-up on the website about it. And then they also did a couple podcasts the last few weeks. So if you need something else to listen to in addition to our lovely voices, um, I was over there last week and they asked me some questions about the FKT and uh, some upcoming plans and things like that as well. And if you haven't listened to Alyssa talking all about her victory on the long trail from last summer you can check out in our in our iron women podcast archives we talked to Alyssa about that record back in I guess last August it's on the it's called Wandelin Alyssa Gadeski you can find it on your app of choice I'm sure or else maybe we'll link to it in these show notes but it's definitely worth uh listening I interview Alyssa and I asked her all about the long trail and about breaking that record and it's a fascinating story so if you haven't listened to that one already definitely go back and check it out 
And Haley, my week's been pretty quiet. I actually, we did go out to dinner to celebrate the FKT of the Year Award. It's actually restaurant week here in Charlottesville. So for kind of like the fixed price, you get to go to the restaurants in town and they have a bit like a... It's not like a fixed menu, but it's uh, you just only have a couple options for each entree, and it's kind of a little fancier type of thing. So I, I went to Farm Bell Kitchen here in Charlottesville. It was a lovely little celebration dinner. But other than that, I've been running a lot and trying to stay warm, and that's about it. But what have what have you been up to? Similar, and on the quiet side, I just haven't gone out to any fancy restaurants. But, you know, been getting into the groove of training and kind of trying to work on logistics of race plans for the year, getting kind of excited about some of our upcoming podcast guests and doing a little, you know, work on the podcast and things I have, I'm excited about that we have uh, new sponsors coming up, lots of new guests for the next couple of weeks. So mostly getting excited about that kind of stuff and, you know, enjoying, enjoying this time of year when things are a little bit slower before they get into the hustle and bustle. We did get a ton of snow. So I got to go outside and play in the snow a bit with cowboy and do a little running myself, which is fun. It's that powder snow. That's like, it's like awesome, right? It's so cool. And makes me almost wish I was a skier. Cause I bet it's super fun to go skiing in, but for now I like just walking the dog and running in it. And someday I'll probably go skiing, but it's been beautiful here not too cold at all. I think you have all the, I think you have all the cold weather. I know, but I I keep here turning the news on and people on the East coast love to exaggerate about any kind of weather. And I keep seeing things about like Arctic blasts and polar air moving in this week. So just be prepared. And when you walk outside this week and it is really cold, be like, Alyssa told me this was coming. And Haley, did you get to catch any of the racing that did happen? Not a lot of racing is going on, but in other parts of the world, it is at least warm to be racing. So there was the 70.3 in South Africa last weekend. I caught a little bit of the recap online. I didn't stay up watching the race just because I'm, I'm enjoying my sleep this time of year. But Anna Watkinson, South African athlete, won there. Big, you know, pretty big win for her. I believe that's her first 70.3 win. And so that's exciting to see. And I think Emma Pallant came in second place. And Jade Roberts, another South African athlete, who I think it might have been made her pro debut came in and rounded out that podium. So exciting racing to start off the year in the Southern hemisphere. Yes. And I think, do we have Dubai coming up this coming weekend? Right. So yeah, I think some of the, some folks are headed over there. I know I saw our previous guest, Lindsay Jordanic is headed over there. And who else have we, I think Annie Haug, who we interviewed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. She'll be there. And Holly Lawrence, who we, I'm sure, she'll be there as well. And we interviewed her last year when she was coming back from injury. So it's, it's going to be fun to see those. Those are some, that's a stacked field just even with those three. Yeah. I actually, I was talking to, so Leslie Miller, she is a training partner of mine and she was talking, we were saying, what were we doing one year ago today? Because she is within the next couple of weeks giving birth to her first child. And so we were talking about a year ago, like she didn't even know this would be her a year later. And she was actually going to Dubai to race and was telling me a little bit about that race. And she went on for minutes raving and raving about it. And Dubai seems like a really, really just nice race venue. I guess they have some sort of, they do a lot of biking at night because the weather can be so hot. And so a lot of the bike paths and everything you pretty much only bike on a bike only path. And a lot of them are lit to be able to like do at night. And then she claims there is some kind of a loop bike path that goes off and loops around. And she thinks it's like an 80 mile loop. 
Wow. And she just says you go in between the dune, sand dunes and all this stuff. She said it's gorgeous. So it sounds pretty cool. Maybe that's one to put on the list for future years. I don't know. But it's just it's getting ready for that early hard racing is is the tricky part, I think. I know. Being ready in early February is tough. But we're excited to see those women out there on the race course next week. And Haley, we do have a mailbag question coming in. So for our listeners, you can always... Ask for Haley and my opinion or expertise on things if you want to send in questions at ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And Lindsay wrote into us, and I'll paraphrase a little bit here. So she's not a total, you know, new triathlete. She's she's been doing triathlons now for a couple of years, and she's having some problems basically Haley with her crotch going numb during the riding situation while she's been indoors this winter. And I think this is actually like, I've heard of this problem before. And she has mentioned that she has good cycling shorts. She, let's see other things I like normally say is always like chamois cream and stuff like that. So cover all of those bases first, but then numbness always makes me think of one thing, Haley, what does it make you think of? Bike fit. I think usually numbness is sign of lack of blood flow, right? Cause you think about if you wear like a rubber band around your wrist too tight and then your hand starts to get numb because that blood flow isn't coming through. So usually that's what numbness is. Yeah. And it usually is just more accentuated. I think when you're doing more riding on in the, on the trainer, maybe in the winter, however, or if you're Haley all the time, because you do have often less, like you get out of the saddle a little bit less and and you kind of move around a little bit less. You're just in that one place. And so if your fit is like having you, I guess, sit on a particular part where you're restricting that blood flow, that's going to, to make it tough and it'll go numb. Your feet can also go numb. Like hands can go numb. All of that can be helped with some bike fit changes. So we would definitely recommend maybe seeing your local bike shop or just trying to get in somewhere with someone who has some fit expertise there. Yes. And be sure to tell them about the numbness. I mean, a good bike fitter is going to be very open to any sort of, you know, issues you might be having. So always make sure you bring that up. And also, I mean, when you are on the trainer, it's okay to get out of the saddle. Sometimes it's okay to move around, but Ultimately, like you shouldn't have to be moving around that much. And with a good bike fit, you should be able to sit in on the trainer with no numbness, you know, if especially, you know, for several hours. So without having to change position. So I would, you know, look into talk to your friends who've had, you know, a good experience with bike fit or um, ask around in, in your community and you can probably find someone who will help you out. That's coming from our resident trainer expert for sure. And Haley, we have a really great interview for our listeners this week. So Jackie Herring came to chat with us. And Jackie has been around now for about eight years, I guess, racing professionally. And maybe even a little bit longer, maybe nine. Back in 2011, she was second in St. George. She was second at Ironman Louisville. She raced Ironman Kona that year. And Haley, I think you remember seeing coverage maybe where she had a flat in Kona, right? Yes. And she was like, I think she made the NBC broadcast, like changing her tire on the side of the road. And I think she was there for like, or like she couldn't change it and she had to wait for support. And so she was there for like 30 minutes. It was something like that, but she still finished the race. Like that is, that is Jackie in a nutshell. Things can go wrong and she will find a way to still bring it all together. 
So, and then in 2013, she actually won Ironman Wisconsin, which is her hometown race. And 2014 was second again at Ironman Louisville. So total powerhouse 2015 winning Buffalo Springs 70.3. And then in 2015 to 2018, she didn't take off from racing altogether, but she did have two kids during that time frame. So as you can imagine, she talks to us a little bit about how that shook things up. And then she came back after kid number two last year in 2018 to take second at Steelhead 70.3 and also came in 13th at the 70.3 Ironman World Championships. So she has been around for quite a while, definitely has tons of knowledge and expertise. And I think just more than anything is really down to earth and has a good kind of worldview about triathlon and how it's changed and how she's managed to stay in it for all these years. So you can hear from Jackie after a word from our sponsors. Wahoo is dedicated to the journey of every athlete from a sprint to Ironman. Wahoo is with you every pedal stroke, every stride, and every trying moment with the commitment to make you better. As endurance athletes themselves, Wahoo provides an ecosystem of products, including Kicker Smart Trainers, Element Bike Computers, and Ticker Heart Rate Monitors to provide exactly what you need to reach the finish line and smash your training goals. Jackie, welcome to the Iron Women podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. So you've been racing pro since 2011, and in that time, your life has certainly evolved, which we'll get to a lot of that, but so has the sport of triathlon. You seem to have no issue maintaining your hunger in racing because you were second at Ironman Louisville in 2011 and 2012, then you won Ironman Wisconsin in 2013, but then you carried that all the way through this last season where you were 13th at the, world cha- at the 70.3 World Championships. What do you think has helped you stay sharp racing at the pointy ends of these fields for the better part of eight years? That's a long, you make it sound like a long time. I think I just love exercising and I love the lifestyle of it. If anyone kind of knows me, they know it's just something I enjoy doing and I still have fun with it, even though I've been doing it a long time. The training changes a bit, I guess, but generally I just like exercising. So Jackie, you and I were both at Ironman 70.3 Buffalo Springs in June, 2015, where you took the win. It was actually your first 70.3 win. And you seemed to be on fire that summer. You were in what appeared to be the best shape of your life. I think you actually raced Ironman Montreblanc in August of that same year. And you finished a very impressive third place. And unknowingly, you raced while pregnant. So can you tell us a little bit like what it was like to become a mom at the height of your athletic career? Yeah. Yeah. I was for sure at that time in my best shape and feeling awesome. And strangely, I don't know, had gotten, had gone off birth control actually that spring thinking we might want to start a family at some point, but then I got in really good shape. So I thought, oh, it probably won't happen because I was really lean and actually had I mean, not a good thing, but stopped getting my period for a couple months at that point. And so, yeah, Buffalo Springs, I was in good shape. And then we just luckily enough got pregnant um, without really working on it or trying too hard. It just happened because I was off birth control and yeah, racing Montreal pregnant going into it. I was feeling like terrible. Like I was just super tired. I thought it was just the Ironman training, like, you know, at the end where it's a bunch of volume and you just want to be done. And 
I thought that that was what was going on. But then after the race, I was like, could not recover and was just sleeping and sleeping. And my husband thought I was depressed. And I was like, no, I was just so tired. And then called the doctor and she's like, well, duh, have you taken a pregnancy test? And I said, no, I, I haven't. I just thought I was so tired. So that was, <laughs> that was kind of how that shook out. Found out I was, I was actually 14 weeks pregnant at that point, which is really far. So and so, Jackie, your return from that first pregnancy seemed very quick. Your son was born in March of 2016, and you were back to racing the Milkman Half Ironman in June 2016, winning the race and running a 130 half marathon off the bike. So did you do anything special, like, during your pregnancy or just after delivery or anything that helped you be able to get back on the course in, like, less than four months? I don't think anything special. I actually... I didn't do, I don't, I really didn't overdo it. I think is probably key during pregnancy. And then right after, even though that seems like a really short window, I did like really nothing for like a month. I had an absolutely terrible birth and recovery with, with Hunter. So I had a really slow start of it, but then once my body started coming back to normal a little bit, then I was able to kind of get back going pretty smooth. But yeah, during pregnancy, it was, I just, I did a little something kind of every day, but I mostly just slept a lot and ate a bunch of cookies and gained 45 pounds like every normal person does. <laughs> so Jackie, how about psychologically during that time period, both during pregnancy and coming out of that, like, how did you get yourself motivated to even do a little something every day? Yeah, that's a good question because you do get in, it's easy to get into a funk when you're pregnant or you just, uh, sometimes you just need to clean the house all day and just get that out of your system too. So I, I guess it's more than I just realized like, okay, I'm pregnant, but I knew that coming back would be a lot easier if, if I did something and some days it was a walk and some days I would do, you know, a hard workout within reason. And you just kind of have to really listen to your body. And so in the year after your son was born, you raced a lot of 70.3s and you recorded a lot of really fast run splits. You ran a 120 to finish sixth at Oceanside in April, 2017, and a 121 to finish fifth at Ironman 70.3 Racine in July, among many other stellar results. So I know you had a, a running background and I believe you ran and swam in high school and college, but did you do anything to emphasize your run training postpartum or did things just click naturally? I think I got a different level of pain tolerance. Hunter's birth was so awful in so many ways and so long that my tolerance for suffering is just highly increased because of that. And yeah, it was it was just so rough. And not that I think about it when I'm, when I'm racing or anything like that, it's more like you realize you can just maybe suffer a little bit worse. And I guess on the other end of the spectrum, it just seemed, my running just seemed to come along well. And, and I love running. That's my kind of thing I love to do. And it's honestly easiest to do with kids. Cause you can, I have a treadmill in the basement. It's the quickest thing to 
like sneak away and do. So probably it's just a matter of what I was doing the most of and still am probably right now. I have a couple friends who also recently had kids and they say having a treadmill in the house is like a key thing too for the efficiency factor. But sure. Did you do like stroller jogs and stuff like that as part of your routine? Yeah, I am like around. Yeah, for sure. People around here, I'm like the queen of stroller running. I do as much stroller running as possible. Like now the weather is terrible, but when it's decent, anything like 30 degrees and warmer, I'll, I'll be out in a stroller run. It's definitely got to be some good, like strength training on the run there. Sure. Yeah. And especially if you're doing a double stroller, because in early 2018, you had your second child and then found your way back to fitness again. And once again, it was in a major way. You nabbed second place at Steelhead 70.3, and then you were 13th at the 70.3 Ironman World Championships in South Africa. So what was that journey coming back to competitive race fitness like for you the second time? And was it pretty similar or better or worse? Body-wise, it was better. Skylar's birth was actually really funny. I taught my cycling class in the morning that I had her. She was ended up being a week early. I taught the class in the morning and I was having contractions during class and they it was the first time I had not rode my bike during class and they were kind of ha- like hassling me. Why aren't you riding? I'm like, eh, I'm not feeling real great. It's possible I might have this baby soon. And they're like, oh, come on, ride. I'm like, nah, I really can't. So that was at 9 a.m. After that, I called my husband and I'm like, hey, heads up. I think we might have a baby later. And I'm like, I don't know. Should I go home? And he's like, ah, just go about your routine. Okay. So I went to the pool, started doing some warm water jogging, and I started timing my contractions in the warm pool while I was running. And I'm like, oh, man. And realized these contractions were like four minutes apart and I needed to book it out of there and came home, like ate food, went to the hospital and had the baby like within two hours. So hers was like, I had a burrito, like I had lunch, had a burrito for dinner and in between I had a baby. So (laughs) I was going to say, if it was your first baby, (laughs) would you have gone home for lunch first? You know, like, would you have been so calm? I wonder. (laughs) I have no idea, but (laughs) It happened smooth. And I guess as part of that, I think it was just so much easier on my system that the recovery and getting right back into life afterwards was just a lot smoother. As far as getting back into training, it was a lot more of a challenge juggling two little kids like at that, you know, Hunter was almost two years old and then you have the new baby. So it was a lot of uh, like just I don't know, figuring out the schedules of the kids and when you can fit stuff in and all that. So I guess logistically it was a little tougher, but easier, I guess, um, for my body. So yeah, I did a lot of double stroller stuff once she was a little older and yeah, a lot of nap time activities. Jackie, you seem so chill about everything and it is very impressive because you've had, you know, these really big highs, these podiums, these wins, and then you've had these like crazy, you know, struggles thrown at you. And one of those came soon after the world championships last year, where you had a bit of a surprise where your appendix ruptured. Is that correct? And you had to have 
uh, surgery. So how did that affect the remainder of your season? Again, when you are in this amazing shape doing so well and life throws you this major curveball. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. Cause I did just finally get into really good shape about worlds like steelhead. I was almost there. And then worlds, I was really there and excited to like race a bit more that year or last year, but yeah, then I got my appendix out. <laughs> so it was just, I don't know. Yeah. I got real sick and it was just killing me. And first they, I went to urgent care and they thought I was just dehydrated. So they gave me an IV and sent me home and I'm like, I know what dehydration feels like, and this is not it. Like I am feels like in the worst pain ever. So that yeah, was pretty bad, but you know, I just kind of go with the flow of life and I mean, so my appendix got out. Okay. That's the end of season. Take a break, get back in shape. I mean, not much you can do. Where, where does this confidence come from? Because for a lot of people, any one of these could have ended their athletic career, but you have this confidence that you will get back in shape, that it will return. And then it always does. Or so it seems from your results. Yeah. I keep getting him every time I take a break, I get in better shape. So maybe that's why every, it seems like, like after Hunter, I mean, I was never able to run one twenties off the bike before Hunter. And then after Hunter, I could. And then Skylar, after she was born, I feel like I got into even better shape and kind of the same thing after the appendix, I had to take like pretty much four weeks off and then maybe I was supposed to take six weeks, but I kind of felt fine. So anyways, yeah, I feel like even after that, every break, I think allows your body kind of a fresh start. So I feel like this will be probably a good season for me. You know, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting kind of old. So a couple good, couple good seasons left. Maybe. Don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie, are you working with a coach right now? And how has that, like, if so, how has that kind of evolved now that you have two kids in the mix to add to the craziness of life, too? Uh, well, I haven't had a coach since 2014 or 2015, maybe 2014. And reason being, I am, I don't like to be told what to do. I'm a really challenging person to coach. I will not do a workout simply because somebody tells me to do it. I have a really hard time um, taking direction. And I think other side of the coin is I also have a really good sense of my body and what, where I'm at in training and what I need to do to get to where I want to be. And I think, I mean, I had some really good coaches my first, you know, five years of racing that taught me a lot and helped me to understand kind of the process. And I think I kind of just use that now. And honestly, having a coach and trying to follow a plan with the wacko way that my life is sometimes would, would be kind of stressful. So, so as a self-coached athlete, do you, I mean, do you sit down and like map out your week every week or do you go day by day? Pretty much day by day, the day before that's how we function in this house. Uh, <laughs> the day before we'll say, Hey, what's it look like tomorrow for, for you? And we kind of go, you know, if I, if my husband doesn't have a big work day and I have a larger window, 
to do something in, I'll, I'll do it. We kind of just plan the day based on that. But in the winter, you know, I, I teach cycling classes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So I know I'm going to get three bikes. And other than that, I just kind of like build around it and generally just run as much as possible. And you are from Wisconsin and very proudly. And we, um, we know that Wisconsin is famous for some really tough events. I believe there's the horribly hilly bike ride. And of course the classic Ironman Wisconsin, which you won in 2013. Alyssa has raced there several times. It's on my bucket list. You should. I need to get there. I do need to get to Madison. I feel this year you can come win it. I will. <laughs> you're going to be there. It'll be a I great will. battle. It'd be awesome. Um, I want to see you, but you need to get back on that course too. You get the hometown, uh, hometown, all those cheers. But, um, so what, what are your favorite races in Wisconsin? Oh, in Wisconsin. Well, I put on a really good open water swim race. That's the one you should come do. I would um, love to have, do that one. Yeah. We have old. Yeah. Oh, it's not. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, we have a good swim race. I haven't got to participate uh, in that yet. As far as races I like to do, there's maybe not maybe not a race, but the Dairyland Dare is a really fun. I like like the long hilly bike tours are kind of like favorites of mine around town here. Um, there's also a lot of good local tri races and short. Uh, we have these Thursday night aquathons that are really fun. It's just a thousand swim and a 5k run. And I like it cause I'll do, um, you know, once summer's going and training's kind of in full swing, I'll be doing hard workouts all week. And then you still do your hard, hard, you know, race type setting for that. And I think that's a good test. So Jackie, through the years, you've clearly been able to maintain your longevity and consistency. And so doing that as a strength of yours. And so we kind of want to know your secrets. And I know you've said that you just love to exercise and it's the lifestyle. Um, and you seem very go with the flow, but I feel like there's got to be some other secrets there and how you do it, whether it's just efficiency with training or the community that you have around you or something. I don't, well, I shouldn't say it's not the community because I do most of my stuff by myself. You definitely <laughs> and, shouldn't uh, say that if you're racing Wisconsin. This year. <laughs> no, no, we no. no, the actual community is supportive as, and I do have some good training partners, but I'm not like people who have like a squad. It's kind of like me hammering it out in my basement, you know, or like out on a snowshoe run or whatever it is. Let's see. What are the secrets? Um, well, this is my first year charting with data, which has really? been just wonderful. I so don't you've know. You've never had a power meter before this year? No, I had. Okay. I lie about that. The power meter I've had since the beginning running. I've just always just ran on time or whatever the heck I feel like biking. Even when I bike at home though, I used to just bike by effort and, and still I just race by effort. I don't look at, I don't have it on the, during racing. I think the secret might be mixing it up in the winter, like doing the snowshoe running, doing the skiing, doing like other stuff. So you're not like grinding, grinding triathlon all year round and, and taking breaks. 
I think. So you can keep like your fire burning strong. I always joke like, well, it's not a joke. I get really out of shape every year, at least once a year, sometimes twice, like legit kind of out of shape. Luckily it's coincided with having a couple of babies and whatever else, but I think it's good, you know, to let that happen because you can really only be super fit for so long and then your body starts breaking down. And I think that's maybe what's helped with my consistency and enjoyment of racing for this many years is I get, whenever the natural end of season feels, I just, I'm done. You know, I still exercise cause I like it, but it's exercise. It's just doing whatever I feel like doing, bake a bunch of cookies, you know, drink beer every day and just let it be. Just live life, like be normal. Jackie, I remember you having a lot of posts about panic training, like hashtag panic training. Is that real or are those a joke? That was real. I don't panic train anymore. I honestly am training a lot better now than I used to, but I used to, oh my gosh. Well, even this last summer I swam, oh, it's embarrassing, but I, I would get like two or 3000 yards a week total like for the week and then three weeks before a race I would just like do like three weeks of hard swimming and then do the best I could panic training I feel like if you're gonna panic train for one of the sports swimming is the one to do it's the one (laughs) it's the most time investment for just what a couple minutes yeah (laughs) but it won't like break down your body too much before going into the race so yeah if you don't run panic train that could go really not bad training not good not so good just swimming <laughs> so Jackie as a seasoned pro you've been in the sponsorship game for a while as well team Timex recently dissolved and they have been an icon in the triathlon world for many years and a sponsor of yours for many years what do you think that this says kind of about the state of sponsorship right now for athletes in triathlon oh I don't know what do you guys think we were hoping you had the answer. <laughs> oh, uh, well, Timex dropped me not last. Oh yeah. It was, so they did not sponsor me last year. It was when I was pregnant with Skylar, they said, sorry, no more. Um, whatever. I think they maybe saw the writing on the wall for the team that it was about to be over. So I think, I think it's tough um, tough going, uh, for somebody like me or, or maybe many, what I would call like normal people who don't have like cameras following them around, who are just trying to like fit it into their life. Um, you know, you have a one hour window to do your workout and to try and get fast and be the best that you can. You're not going to spend 15 minutes trying to get some sweet pictures or some cool video, I'm going to spend actually zero minutes on that because I actually just care about getting as fit as I can and racing well. You know, if that's going to cost me money in sponsorship or whatever, I don't even care. And, and that's different for everybody, but that's maybe that's me having been in this for a long time and just realizing like, it's not worth it for me to, and, and I'm, I'm not able to spend that time on that. I don't have that time anymore. It's gone. So if, if you have the time to be really good at the social stuff and do all your, 
you know, fancy videos and pictures, then, then do it. And that's awesome. I would do it if I had time. And I think a lot of people fall in that boat and then those people are not going to be able to get the sponsorships because of it. Perhaps that is one of your secrets to longevity though. And you're, you don't, necessarily feel the sponsor pressure to continuing racing when you your body is telling you to take a break do you think that's true oh that's true yeah I feel no pressure at all to do anything (laughs) I do whatever race I pick the races I want to race and and if if I'm not feeling right or fit for it I just don't even go or or I'll change the plan and and find the race that's right so yeah, I don't feel any pressure towards towards racing. And Jackie, you've you've mentioned your winter season activities, including snowshoeing, and um, I believe you were actually the race director for a series of snowshoe and fat bike races in the Madison area. So, what tips might do you have for any of our listeners who might be stuck in a northern hemisphere winter right now? And they want to give, you know, snowshoeing or fat biking a try. How, how would a beginner go about, you know, trying one of these winter sports? I'd say probably good to find somebody who does it already, like a mentor, a winter mentor, um, somebody to direct you to some good gear, somebody to show you where the good trails are. I mean, I had that when I got started snowshoeing, which is, um, many years ago now, maybe like five, six years ago when my husband was living with his old coach back when he used to do triathlon, his coach got us out snowshoeing one day and it was like the hardest activity of my life. I cried. I fell down. It was like really eye-opening experience. Um, but then he like showed us where to go, got us into it. And it was like the next winter after that, we started this series and, finding somewhere where uh like you can go and and the trails are good and you have people to go with like these races or events is is pretty helpful I think that's probably going to be good advice for our listeners this week because I think a a real arctic blast is coming through winter's finally like arriving for people in your area so finding that good winter mentor it might be too cold to get outside this week even but getting good gear is like I feel like triathletes I know I'm always interested in picking up some more gear for some different sports. So that's like a fun thing to start investigating too. Yeah. Yeah. The gear is key for winter for sure. And Jackie, what are your 2019 season plans and are you doing a winter triathlon? And can you tell people about that? Oh gosh, do not. I might actually need to race under another name because I, I did a practice the other day and my transitions, I don't know if you've ever, if you guys do winter activities, probably not where you live. It's so hard to try and transition from like skiing to snowshoes or skiing to fat bike in the winter. So my transitions are going to be like six minutes long because I got to change shoes. And so the winter triathlon is a ski snowshoe bike and that's coming up, but I don't know that I'm, if I don't get last place, I'll be happy. It's just for fun. And then 2019 goals, I'll probably just race a whole bunch of 70.3s again. I'd really like to win a race, like a big race again. And 
I don't know, see how see how the summer shakes out if I have to do Ironman Wisconsin or maybe go to Nice or something, something to culminate the year at the end. I'm not sure what. Well, we can be sure that whatever does transpire, you will bring your best and it will probably go very well or else you're going to handle whatever life throws at you. So it's always a joy to watch you on the race course, Jackie. And thank you so much for catching up with us today. We will look forward to following your 2019 season. We'll be sure to link to all your social media in our show notes so our listeners can follow along as well. Okay. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Well, for our listeners, just to kind of prove to you how unique and special it is that Jackie has been racing for quite a few years now and is still racing as well as she is. Uh, We mentioned she was at the World Championships in Kona in 2011. And so we did a little count looking at the pros who were racing there and taking a look at who is still racing today. And Haley, I think that list is pretty short, right? That's right, Alyssa. So Jackie finished 22nd in that race in 2011. She had a flat on the bike, so kind of skewed her results a little bit, but she did finish. And I counted 32 women who started the race and I believe eight or nine, including Jackie, who are still racing today. So only a third or less than a third of the women that were racing in 2011, you know, just eight years ago that are still racing today. So it's, it kind of shows that longevity in this sport is hard and, Kudos to Jackie for keeping herself healthy, keeping herself fresh and keeping herself racing at the highest level for nearly a decade. Yeah. I think her mentality of being able to go with the flow and allowing life to happen and kind of rolling with the punches that you, it throws you is, is key because we've seen her now come back from multiple pregnancies and other ailments like the appendix and things like that throughout her career. And she just continues to just roll with it and keep coming out on top of the, those podiums. So Great to see. We're excited to see what she does in 2019 and beyond. I agree. And for all of our listeners, if you have any questions for us, uh, you are welcome to write into our mailbag. That email address is ironwomenpodcast at gmail.com. And if you have a couple free seconds and could leave us a rating or review on your podcast app of choice, that is a huge help and helps other people find us and helps us keep going and get more great interviews. So thank you if you already have. All right, Haley, stay warm this week. Talk to you later. Bye, Alyssa. This is a special song. It's me and my friend's song that we made ourselves. This song is called Here I Am. Get ready for the chorus. I am here, now you cannot take me. I will stand up this whole entire time. I am strong, now you cannot beat me. I will stand up because I am here. The Iron Woman Podcast is a live, feisty media production. Our hosts are Alyssa Gadiski and Haley Chara, and our awesome editors, Aaron Hamilton. Also, we couldn't do this without our sponsors, Wahoo Fitness, FTC Nutrition, and Smash Fest Queen. Oh, <laughs>